1: With Alex and Foxy. Alex and Foxy. Alex and Alex. If I put our jacks in the paint, how you gonna stop me? How you gonna stop me? We can go head to head. Call out your top three, call out your top three Look at the switch from Buddy here, now that boy got three We got Holly Burton running point, this is a Benedict for the shot If anybody gon' come in the post, then we got Miles Turner for the plot Setting the pace, going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop, smooth Bada bing, bada boom, we are back for part three, ladies and gentlemen, the Mailbag no Podcast is coming to an end after this episode, so if you've enjoyed the first two, make sure you listen to this one, because part three, we have some great questions from awesome fans that send us some questions, I got Mustache Mike with me here one final time, Mustache Mike, how we doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, I don't think this stash is staying for long, so <laughs> hey, get the jokes in while you can, this mail route is almost done.
1: I will say, at least it's not a porn stash, it could be a lot worse. Yeah.
2: Oh, it could be. It could be, you know, for for the, the Fu Manchu that I had to, to grow out initially, they wanted me to shave it in the middle of the Ugh. mustache and have the part. I had to draw the line. I was <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. That is so creepy that uh, I, I had to refuse that
1: one. Just like you
2: refused to put on a Washington Wizards jersey, right? That's not happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you did say your wife liked the mustache, right?
2: My wife is digging the mustache. She said it is very dad-like, you know, so uh, – you know, I, while I'm still young, I, the, the mustache will definitely uh, throw you into a category where maybe you're, you know, you're tacking on 10 years or so, or it. it's like, how many kids does this guy got, you know, but it's just one and I'm still young.
1: Yeah. I would say you got to keep your hair shorter though, like that, if you're going to end up keeping the mustache, cause if you let your hair right. get too bushy on the sides, I think the mustache could look a little bit like you're a sloppy, lazy guy that doesn't want to shave, but that ain't me. with the, with the nice tight haircut there, Faj, I mean, looking pretty good. Speaking of haircuts, it, it, I need it, one it badly. A-
2: it was a fresh cut, my beard was nicely faded into it. My Bro. friends ruined it by having to shave it all immediately, uh, but you know, hey, that things things get a little crazy when you're with the boys. So,
1: rather deal know. with the facial hair than the actual hair, though at least they didn't make you like do like a mohawk. Oh no. You would not I had have had a mohawk to even...
2: once. I had a mohawk You had one a mohawk? Time. No, listen to this. I went away to Colorado <laughs> for a summer. I took classes at the University of Boulder with with some friends, and I shaved my head into a mohawk. My mother was ready to cry, absolute tears. She was like horrified. I was like sixteen years old. I came home. She, to this day, was like scarred. It was like it was like skin on the sides on all. It, I looked so bad. There's a picture out there somewhere. I don't know if I'll ever let it see daylight, <laughs> but um, it was not a good look.
1: Oh man, I love it, Mohawk Mike, baby.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. Exactly. Doing your best
1: Sheamus impersonation.
2: that is exactly what it looked like I've heard the Seamus comparisons before this is the first time that I'll own that one (laughs)
1: all right man well we've talked enough about facial hair and actual hair let's get into the final part of the mail back here we got Matthew Peck one of our faithful sender of questions I love saying that but uh Matthew Peck he said as a team is configured do you feel like we'll be able to be a top five defensive unit or top, top 15. 15 excuse me top sorry. five is
2: just something top out of this 15 world.
1: defensive unit yeah matt's, matt's expectations are not that high he yeah, it yeah. just has to be top 15 so top half of the league defensively
2: i i don't i don't look i, I would love to be a top 15 defensive unit um we were a bottom three defensive unit and hmm. i just think to be top 15 would be really impressive when we had chad on we asked him we were like chad could we be a top 15 Defensive unit. And he, even he had like a look on his face like, man, if we're a top 15 defensive unit, we're going to be a really good team. Yeah. So I think what we can ask is 15 to 20. I think that would be a solid step forward. I think the Pacers might have been like 28th, you know, ranked defensive unit last year. Something of that sort. You bring in Bruce Brown. Jarris Walker should help us defensively. But it's still a lot to ask from a rookie. Uh, and I think that the rest of our growth defensively is pretty much going to have to ha- happen internally with player development. Yeah. Some players have a long, long way to go just to be labeled as even a decent or capable defender. So I think it's more realistic to be a top 20 defensive team than it is for top 15.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I said, it's going to be tough to reach that unless players from last year improved on that end. Ex, you know, examples, Tyrese, Buddy, Benedict, et cetera. Adding Jaris Obi and Bruce isn't enough to make the defense improve to middle of the pack, in my opinion. So it's a dream. It's a pipe dream if it happens. I mean, kudos to him. And my God, what a masterful job by Jim Boylan and Rick Carlisle to get the defense figured out. But I do think Jim Boylan is going to have an impact on this defense. I do. I know that people hated him for how he handled things in Chicago. And he just, I don't think it was really cut out to be a head coach in the NBA. I don't think so. But I think as an assistant coach with this team and with this structure, like, yeah, he's going to be empowered by Rick Carlisle to be able to do things. But I think even Carlisle said he's going to let them kind of switch around and not be so focused on one specific task this year like he's not going to just run the defense but I think that you'll see him mostly kind of quarterback that defense just because that's his calling card Jim Boylan's a very good defensive coach so I'm excited to see some improvements on that end but I'm not expecting (laughs) otherworldly improvements from this Pacers team defensively so I don't really have anything else to add to that bunch
2: no I think I think we're both in agreement there. top 15 it shouldn't feel like too much to ask but unfortunately it might be next question though from Jeremy Baxter he said, hey, dude, can you get any info why neither Ben nor Andrew are on a FIBA World Cup team?
1: Yeah, well, my man, I was looking this up, and I think Scott Agnes probably had the best information on this. And he basically talked to both players about this, and both guys really wanted to work on their individual games during the offseason. So there is an article out there on the Fieldhouse Files from Scott Agnes where I think it's actually not behind the paywall, so you won't have to pay eight bucks. I could be wrong on that, but I think this one was a free article because he interviewed them both and they both kind of weighed the idea of playing with Canada, but decided against it because they had a lot of work to get done in the off season and with some voluntary workouts too, I believe in July as well, which could have hindered their impact with playing with team Canada with some practices and some qualifying games and stuff like that. So they're really focused on improving their overall game for this upcoming season. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing to sit out this year with FIBA and just focus on growing individually, so they can get better and not maybe be as worn out when the season comes.
2: Yeah, I had heard that. I had heard that. Yeah, you know, they wanted to focus on the upcoming season. That was the only thing I'd heard, and that was yeah. maybe about a month ago. So I wasn't sure if that was a hundred percent true. But they also did play in two summer league games, so they might have risked the, you know playing in summer league, then playing for Canada. And I definitely think they would have made Team Canada. Yeah, O'Shea percent made. Pretty- it. Yes. Yeah. Look, it's a pretty stacked roster NBA player wise, but I definitely feel like you're not turning down Benedict Mathur and Andrew Nimhard, because there was a couple guys on there that I was like, Who, who's that? But um, they still have a lot of NBA talent, but I think, I think it's a great decision that they didn't play because we do hear about Benedict Mathur working out with Klay Thompson. And I'm sure there's been other workouts I've seen, you know, from following these players on social media, it looks like they're both in great shape. So I'm sure they could have still ac- accomplished that you know, with Team Canada, but at the same point, you know, hey, look, we're not having them put themselves at risk for any injury, and I think the fact that they're focused on improving for the Pacers is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air, really, and it's like, you know, we saw what happened with Daniel Tice last year. Like, he played for Germany, thought he might get traded from Indiana, but he didn't. He stayed here all year, and he had that knee injury, and they had to do surgery and kind of drain it, and he didn't play until January, so you know, a little bit of a bummer there for Daniel Tice. He might not even play till February, if I'm not mistaken, so it was around that time, late January, yeah. early February, but, you know, just a little bit of a bummer for a guy like that, that, you know, was kind of in the prime of his career at this point, And people kind of set him back a little bit, but I'm sure he was proud to play for his country. Like a lot of guys are take a lot of pride in that. So, you know, no, no problem here with them sitting out, but I wouldn't have had a problem if they played either. I think they would have got good experience either way, but let's keep it moving here. Aaron CD 18 said, do you think the Pacers will start Andrew Nembhard at shooting guard?
2: Not right away. Uh, I think Bruce Brown and Mathurin, I think, will be the players that start, you know, alongside Tyrese Halliburton uh, to at least start the season. I think Nemhard could very well work his, his way into the starting lineup at some point if they want to make a change. And maybe Mathurin is struggling a bit and he goes to the bench or maybe Bruce Brown ends up coming off the bench. But when you bring Bruce Brown in as the highest paid player, I feel that you slot him in for a starting role. And I think that we could really use his help defensively. And Nemhard is also you know, very much a good good defender, at least what we saw in year one. But he could also run that second unit and still maybe close out games with the starters or yeah. play alongside the starters at times. So I think to start the season, Andrew Nemhard will, will not be in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, me and you are pretty much in agreement on this. I said, I originally thought that he could be starting to, like I was pretty adamant about that early on. Like I still thought of like, okay, they saw McConnell on the roster. Like he could definitely still play that two guard. But like you said, I do think it makes more sense for Bruce Brown to get the nod and let Andrew be the primary backup point guard, which means that this means McConnell probably will have to really claw for his minutes. But I think that with Andrew Nimhardt, he will still play close to the same amount of minutes he played last year. He could even play more. But at this point, he's interchangeable where he can play with the starters, like you said. He can maybe be the sixth man for this team and be the point guard that comes in for Halliburton to relieve him of the minutes when he's needing to rest. And you don't feel like you're really losing much because Andrew is such a gifted point guard in what he does. So this is just a really good opportunity for Andrew to kind of grow into a different role. Maybe from last year where he was more of the off-ball, guard the best player on the other team guy. Maybe you let Bruce do that and then let Andrew focus more on developing offensively while still being a defensive, impactful player. So I think there's a chance that he could you know, make it a difficult decision, but the reason you brought him Bruce Brown, there's two reasons why you brought him in one, because he just won a championship with Denver and you want someone with that pedigree to come in here and kind of help shake up the culture a little bit. But number two, you also brought him in here because of the salary floor. So at the end of the day, you paid him a good amount of money. You want to see what he can do with this team. He's basically on a one-year rental and I want to see what he can do with our core guys, Matherin. Halliburton Turner before I'm just throwing him on the bench playing with some vets knowing that okay it can be impactful but I want to see what maybe Bruce Brown's full potential is with a little bit of a bigger role and then allowing Andrew Nembhard to kind of still play some of that role a little bit that he played last year but more so focus on being more of a lead guard with the ball in his hands
2: absolutely I mean look, coming into last year we didn't even know how much Nembhard was going to play he ends up starting 60 plus games Anything could happen. You know, who who knows what's going to happen. We just hope that players like Benedict Mather take that step forward. Bruce Brown is who, who, you know, we and everybody else thought he was. Things like that. But crazier things could very well happen. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if Nemhard ends up starting, you know, a bunch of games this year. But like I said, starting opening night, I don't expect him to. So mm. we'll see. But next question, I hope I pronounced it right. How Min Zhang, and then how many, if I, I did pronounce this wrong. Please shout me out on Twitter so I get it right next time. He said, will the Pacers make another trade before training camp starts?
1: Yeah, I I don't think so Yeah, I think they're pretty locked in with this roster. Heading into training camp, the only thing I could see them doing is potentially being used as a third team in a Dame-Lillard trade or a James Harden trade to try to get an asset and maybe consolidate the roster a little bit. But still highly doubt that happens. I think that your 15 guys on this roster are more than likely the guys that enter training camp at the beginning of october or is it end of is it end of september or beginning of october i can't remember i thought it was the first week of october this year because of the fever yeah it back. is
2: it is it starts oh. later okay. yeah sorry october <laughs> yeah i'm with you look it'd be great for them to make a move like maybe like you move tice and just clear up a yeah, why do you always try to trade tice tice is always the guy who's getting Come traded. for for some love it I, I i would like to but it's a a little bit tough. Um, look, four centers, it, it's just too much, um, but I'm not expecting a move before the season starts. I think the Pacers will be one of the teams that are taking and making a bunch of calls come January, February or so, as they have a better sense of their team, their direction. But I think the idea of bringing in like a veteran, such as like a George Hill or anything like that, isn't likely at this time. It's already hard for McConnell to get minutes. I don't think they're going to bring in, like, another veteran guard, even someone who might not play or anything like that. Last year, you know, we saw some training camp additions. That that could happen. I mean, there was still an open roster spot deep into, uh, you know, training camp. So they did bring links in Langston Galloway, James Johnson, uh, got added late. But we don't even have one roster spot left. These are guaranteed contracts. I don't think the Pacers are going to force a deal. Yeah, if they somehow get wrapped up into, like, a three-team deal, that's the only way I could really see – something happening but at this point I, I just don't see them forcing someone off the team when you know you kind of yeah. like what you have going right now
1: or or there's an unfortunate situation that kind of happened a couple of years ago with edmund sumner where he gets hurt of course in like yep. a workout when he's on an expiring contract and you realize okay we probably need to add some depth at a certain position so they end up trading that player to a team that's trying to get off somebody and they could go that route because i mean obviously the pacers needed a backup point guard in that regard to get Brad Wanamaker, which didn't really play out the way Pacer fans hoped it would. But, you know, at that point, Edmund Summer being out for the year, they needed needed what Wanamaker potentially could bring, knowing that they didn't have that third string point guard. But obviously that was not a great pickup. So, you know, but that's one of those kind of moves you see happen in September, October, like a very unlikely impactful player coming to your team via trade. Like that's the most likely that's, For the Pacers, anyway, at this point, that's the kind of deal you're looking at. You're not looking at, oh, we're going to add Dame Lillard. We're going to add James Harden. We're not making those kind of moves. That's not who the Pacers are. Like, I mean, I would be shocked if they made a Pascal Siakam trade in October. Shocked. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. that would just kind of be like where I'm putting things out, but hey, maybe if they get involved with a Heat Portland trade and they're like, yeah, we'll take on Nikola Jovich, that's a deal like where they could be oh, like that. Oh, that'd a, be awesome. You know what I mean? Like something like that. So that's the only type of like trade like we talked about we could see happening. Like I just said like 15 times. I don't know why I did that, but anyway. Ready to move on, foch I am. All right, this
0: one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: It comes from Travis. He said, question for the both of you. Who's your least and favorite player on the Pacers current roster? And I will say there was somebody on Twitter that said, these guys won't respond. They won't answer their least favorite. And I just replied, Bet. So I'm gonna answer it honestly. I I'm not afraid to say who my least favorite pacer is right now, but you know they said say Daniel Tice and I know Foch will probably say that but I'm gonna give you a non-Daniel Tice answer as well. So answer this question, Foch.
2: All right. Well favorite look, it's Tyrese Halberd. I mean how <laughs> wow. could it not be? I mean I how mean look not there's be. no surprise there. I mean this is he's the golden ticket. Yeah I'm the you, golden you, ticket baby. Yeah you should you should use that. You know you should uh, copyright that well look least favorite yeah no surprise it's Tice I'm sorry I I I I don't want to stop sl- Slander the man you're making me. Are you kidding me? Just,
1: You've been slandering this man the past two episodes without saying, even asking who your least favorite hey, player it, is. It, it if we can trade ties for a bag of chips, you know, yeah, I am. it. doesn't do it.
2: take much to pull my arm, you know. So here's what we got. I feel like when we brought in Daniel Tice, it was like a one-year hourglass of sand that had been turned over as we just wait for the last bead of sand to drop. And before he is moved this year, you know he's not coming back on that non-guaranteed year I don't think he finishes the year as a Pacer. So I'm going with Daniel Tice. It's not personal. It's just that I don't see, you know, I don't see that light at the end of the tunnel of like, hey, just wait until Tice is fully healthy and, and you know, and up and running. It's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to give a non andrew or excuse me, non-Tyrese Halliburton answer for my favorite Pacer. And I kind of spoiled it up there, but it's Andrew Nimhard for he me. Did. I just love Andrew Nimhard. I was excited to talk about him just because he is my one of my favorite players on this team. And I love Benedict Matherin too. Like there's a lot of guys I really like on this team and I'm excited to see how they grow, but I've just been so infatuated by how Andrew Nimhard kind of worked his way into the role that he had last year. It's just fascinating to me to see a guy who is expected to be the third string point guard and learn from Tyrese and, and McConnell and just kind of grow slowly. They're thinking probably, okay, when McConnell's contract is up, maybe we'll have Andrew Nimhard ready to be that backup point guard. That was kind of the thinking, I believe from the front office. But then all of a sudden, he was so good defensively in year one as a rookie that he became a starter for this team and had to handle the starting point guard duties a lot of different times. And there was games when, you know, you could tell he was a rookie, but there's also games where we like, I can't believe this kid's a rookie. So that's why he's my favorite player. And I, and I told you, I'm going to give you a least favorite than Daniel Tyson. I'm curious, Fauci, if you could... Think of the other 14 players on this team. Do you have any idea who I would say is my least favorite player next? I,
2: I don't. I'm at the edge of my seat. I got the popcorn in my hand. I'll, I'm just ready. What do you got? Who you All got right. a bone to pick with?
1: I don't really have a bone to pick, but I would just say probably my least intriguing, my least favorite player moving forward. I'm going to go Isaiah Jackson. I know this sounds right. like blasphemy, but I'm just going to tell you why. I did not love the pick at the time that much. I didn't think we needed another big. didn't make a lot of sense to me. but. We were told, oh, he's going to be a four. He can guard all these different players. I was hoping he'd be more than just a five, but he hasn't been. I think if you look at the roster, fundamentally gifted, uh, he's not as fundamentally gifted as Jalen Smith. I, I look at him as just an athletic big who can block shots and dunk. And that is not special to me because we've seen how many bigs come into the league that can do that and end up not really making it past their rookie contract. So He's going to need to add more to his game to really separate himself as just another backup big in the league. Can he actually defend in space like they say he could? Can he develop any type of outside game? How good of a rebounder can he become? Will he add the proper muscle to hang with the other bigs in the league? Can he stay out of foul trouble? We've seen glimpses of his talent, but through two years, I've been more disappointed than I have been excited about his future. So that is exactly why I'm saying if you can't pick Tice, the next person I'm probably the least excited about on this team is isaiah jackson
2: yeah i mean we didn't see much improvement at all in summer league and he was a year three player so i just feel like i wanted to see okay, okay hey look let's see like what, what is that what's that what's the length on that jumper look like now like what's the distance you know are you you're gonna put up some threes you're gonna do anything like that it's just we saw a guy that had what was it 14 fouls in, in, in two games or yeah. whatever it might have been i mean it was it was crazy So. I'll I'll give you this. The deadline to pick up his option is October 31st of this year. Do the Pacers pick up his option? That's I mean I think they have to.
1: I think they have to too. But but it doesn't mean that they're going to keep him long term. I just think no. that they pick it up because it'd be stupid to let him walk for nothing. But I still think Jalen Smith should be the backup center for he the should team. Be. I just think that he's a little bit more fundamentally like skilled. And I know Daniel Titus is probably our least favorite because he just doesn't really seem to hold much weight for the future of this team. But I said it before and I'll say it again. I I think Daniel Titus is a more ready center to play, to help get this team to the playoffs than Isaiah Jackson is. I mean, at this point, what they get from Isaiah Jackson, they now get from Obi Toppin.
3: And Mm -hmm. even though he is
1: an incredible leaper and he can block shots, like, he's had some great plays in his career. I'm not saying anything to discredit that, but like, he's not better than Miles. And if I'm no. coming to a playoff series, I'm playing Miles Turner probably 38, 40 minutes a game if I can at the center position because he's going to be the best bet for that. Who am I going to give the other eight minutes to? Jalen Smith can still block shots. And Jalen Smith is probably one of the best rebounders on the team, if not the best. So this is where I just, I'm not trying to be mean, but I just don't feel like there's a lot of layers here with Isaiah Jackson's game. So kind of just like, everyone's excited about what he can become, but it's like the thought of who he
2: is versus who he actually is. I'm just not that excited about it. I'm with you on that. And look for that option, it becomes $4.4 million. So it's, it's no longer just pennies when the Pacers are really trying to maximize cap space. And, you know, the Pacers will have at least some extended time, not much because the season does start later to be able to see how he looks. And I don't think you should judge it off of just a couple of games, but, you know, a few years deep now, you you know who he is. Mm. So I think at this point, I, and I could have sworn, Miles was even talking about Jalen Smith. He did, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, so he was highlighting Jalen Smith. We even heard him talk about how Jordan War was looking. It's just like he he's he talked about a few players and we haven't heard anything about Isaiah Jackson in a real positive way outside of, of like, Oh well, yeah, you know you look pretty good rebounding wise. He ain't getting those rebounds if he can't stay on the court because you can't be fouling like that. Yeah. So that's and you're the not thing. playing
1: summer league talent either.
2: Not summer league talent. You pick up three fouls and I think it was one game it was like three minutes. It's like three fouls in five or six minutes. I'm sorry, but you might not get back in. So <laughs> that's the thing. And I was I used to be very high on Isaiah Jackson. I really liked him, but I, I, I've definitely soured a bit. But kind of hard to take Tyson's spot on the on the the list of you know least like you know whatever you want to say least, least favorite. favorite i will say that yeah we'll he's still that.
1: a favorite he's just the least favorite right
2: exactly still <laughs> a favorite Just towards the bottom of the list. Uh, Yeah. And honestly,
1: and honestly, like, it's not like I'm trying to sit here and say, like, I hate him or anything like that because I've gone back and forth with how I feel about Isaiah Jackson multiple times on this podcast. Like, it's been like an up and down relationship for me because there's times where I feel like I see the future with what he can become. But then there's other times where I'm just like wanting more. I'm wanting more. And I feel like that's where I'm at at this moment. I feel like I just feel like there's a lot more to be desired with his overall game. And at this point, I think Jalen Smith while he's not going to have the years that like we don't have his like bird rights, I guess you could say moving forward, I guess we do a little bit, but they're not like, he's not a restricted free agent. He can become an unrestricted free agent. If they don't give Jalen Smith like the right playing time, like he's not going to be happy either. So I just think they're going to have to make a decision eventually between him and Isaiah and let them kind of battle it out. Like we heard Chad say like they all can battle it out and play different games because of the certain style that the other teams play. But eventually I think you want to just get that position solidified. You want to know like, Hey, when Roy Hibbert comes out, Yamahimi's his backup. You, you don't want to have to worry about, oh, is Andrew Bynum going to come into the game? You know, like that's the last thing I want to see with this team is just a constant rotation of uncertainty at the backup big spot between Jalen Daniel Tyson, Isaiah Jackson. So just make a decision, Pacers, please.
2: My last thing to put a bow on this is pretend the Pacers are in a playoff season, a uh, playoff series, and it's game seven. And Miles Turner can't go out there. 10 out of 10 people are asked, okay, Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, who do you want to get the start in the game? How many of them are saying Jalen Smith? I'd probably say eight. I was going to say eight. Yeah. Eight, I'd say eight, eight out of ten because you can never say, you know, nothing's really unanimous anymore other than should Tigers Halliburton start or not, you know, but I feel like eight out of ten people are saying Jalen Smith, the more consistent, you probably know what you're going to get out of them, and I, and I think that that's where we're at at this point in their careers is you still don't know if you can trust Isaiah Jackson or if he's going to develop. Or Jalen Smith, it might not be the prettiest. He might not give you a 20 and 10, but you feel like you're going to get enough to just say, hey, he did his job.
1: And, and I think, honestly, like the other two votes might even actually be for Daniel Tice because he's a veteran with experience. I Maybe think that in this one- situation, you're going to probably want to play Smith and Tice instead of Isaiah Jackson just because Tice has been there before. And he's a little bit more fundamentally skilled and can handle that kind of pressure. Whereas Isaiah Jackson, I think that'd be, in my opinion, just for right now. Unless he really shows something next year, feels like it's going to be too big for him. It's going to be in over his head at this point.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, this year we're going to learn a lot. I yeah. mean, we are going to learn a lot between does Jalen Smith have like a next? It was last season a fluke, yeah. or it's going to be like if Isaiah Jackson can't cut it this year, hey. It's going to have a tough time moving forward because this feels like that last big chance. Like the Pacers could pick up his option just so they don't make a mistake. But if it doesn't go well this year, I wouldn't expect more playing time for him after this season.
1: Mm. I I would be really interested to see what fans... Least favorite player outside of Daniel Tice would be because I'm sure there's going to be people that are not happy that I just said Isaiah Jackson. Oh,
2: I'm sure. Of course. There's a
1: lot of big Isaiah Jackson supporters out there, and I understand the reasoning for that. I totally get it. It's just a personal preference for me, but I'm curious if your least favorite player is not, uh, it cannot be Daniel Tice, who would be your next least favorite player? Let us know in the comment section.
2: I think that's good. And the last thing to, to tie that up hey, Isaiah Jackson's still just about 21 years old or so. True. He, Very he's young. really young. I mean, some guys don't even come out of college. College until they're they're 21 or older. So anything can happen. But last question, the last piece of mail states it's from Sean Grady. And he said, Will the Pacers make the finals in the next 20 years? Well,
1: Flacci, the yeah. odds are in their favor, especially when Giannis de Cumpo comes to the Pacers next year after leaving the Bucks because they're not committed to winning. So bring on Alex, bring on Thanassus, bring on Giannis. The Antetokounmpo de Cumpo brothers are leading the Pacers. To the NBA Finals in 2024, 2025, mark my words, but I'm kidding, obviously. But I do think in 20 years, there's a probably a more likely chance that it does happen than it doesn't since they haven't made it since 20 or 2000. So you're talking it's going to be 2043. I think, I think that's a pretty good chance for the Pacers to be in the Finals by that point.
2: There was just something about you making it real and pointing out 2043 that just made it upsetting of just like <laughs> oh man please um started looking at, at me in this mustache and being like i'm going to be so old by then 62 that, that, for
1: you 61 yeah, for me my I mean, god
2: <laughs> oof. so look here's my answer i sure hope so <laughs> it's crazy to say no because look at what the suns went they were, the suns were in the gutter of the nba and in like a year and a half all of a sudden you know, the bubble happens, they have momentum. Boom, the next year, they go to the NBA Finals. And that started with having one special game-changing player and then building around it. For us, it's Tyrese Halliburton adding the right pieces around him. For the Suns, it was Devin Booker. And you started to add other pieces like, you know, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and then you added Chris Paul, and boom, you had something. For the Nuggets, they just went to their first NBA Finals, and they drafted Jokic, they drafted Murray. They drafted MPJ. So it just feels like for the Bucs, it looked like it would probably never happen again. They draft Giannis, next thing you know, everything falls into place. So no one can tell us that we can't make it over the next 20 years, but it takes a player of Tyrese Halliburton's caliber and then the right pieces around him. I think when you looked at those other teams before, there was not that, that player. There wasn't a, you can't build around Sabonis. You couldn't, I don't think Depot, you just, you, you couldn't build around Depot like that. Halliburton is the guy that if you can put another star next to him, I think anything can happen. Getting that star, a lot easier said than done. But we have that one major foundational piece now. That means there's a chance.
1: So you're saying there's a chance, Fox? I'm
2: saying there's a chance.
1: All right, Mohawk Mike, let us know where you can find the people can find us on social media.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> So, so you can find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace3. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they could check us out on YouTube.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash setting the pace, a pacers podcast, where you can check out all of our video content. We're going to try to have all three of these mailbag podcasts up and available for you. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. And we're going to continue to add to our YouTube content. And I've said this before on the other podcast, but please leave us a five-star rating interview wherever you get your podcast. And I want to give a shout out to a Chick-fil-A employee by the name of Caleb, I believe, that noticed I was there on Saturday in the morning around 11 o'clock eating lunch with my wife I just want to say shout out to you for stopping by and saying that you appreciate listening to the show. If you're ever out and see us in person, we love hearing that feedback from you guys. If you recognize us, we are not scary at all. We're just normal guys down to earth. And it always means a lot to me that, hey, someone is listening to the podcast and they recognize me out and about. So Chick-fil-A had to get my classic spicy chicken sandwich with pepper jack cheese focci. But with that being said, uh, I'm just curious, uh, do you think the Pacers make the finals by 2043? Then hit me with those three words. Let's go patient. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop.
3: Smooth.